You're listening to DraftKings Network. I liken him. I think there's a very apt comparison in NFL ownership. Jimmy Haslam, owner of the Cleveland Browns. And to make the connection even more, the rumors are, the reports were that the Carolina Panthers were heavy into recruiting and signing Deshaun Watson. Of course, Watson decided against that. Boys and girls, welcome to another edition of the Business of Sports with Andrew Brandt. We are presented, as always, by DraftKings. We're produced by Jack Connell, musical producer, my son. That music you hear from him at Boy Blue Tunes, Sam Brandt. And I'm here with you to provide you unique and differentiated insight into what's going on in the sports world. Heavy NFL as we get into the post-Thanksgiving time here. I want to delve into a few things a lot of people have been asking me about, some of my tweets, some of my commentary on social media, and you're going to hear it here on the podcast. What is the story with David Tepper, the owner of the Carolina Panthers, and what he just did with a yet another firing of a head coach? I'm going to talk a lot about him, where I think this is coming from, where I think it's going. I also want to get into the Jets. And we're a few days removed from Black Friday. But again, a lot of commentary about that team and about the Aaron Rodgers imprint on that team, even though he only played four plays this year. We'll talk about that as well. I want to talk about the college football continuing to be more pro than pro in many ways. As I say, pro football without the labor costs. And we'll talk some about the Bears and Justin Fields and what they do going forward. But let's start with the Carolina Panthers. Let's get right into it. Okay, Monday morning, news comes out. The Carolina Panthers have fired head coach Frank Reich. First, full disclosure, I know Frank Reich. I represented Frank Reich. Well, let's just say it this way. I worked for the agent that represented Frank Reich. This is, oh my God, 35 years ago. I'm really showing my age here, but Fresh out of law school, working for ProServe and an agent named David Falk, much more well-known for basketball and representing Michael Jordan and Patrick Ewing and Dikembe Mutombo and Allen Iverson. Well, he had some football players, too. We did, and I started representing a lot of them, including the backup to Boomer Esiason from Maryland, who was also a client, Frank Wright. Got to know him well, got to like him, and really thought, This doesn't seem like an NFL quarterback. He was a backup at the time. So humble. So humble. Anyway, Frank fired on Monday. Fired recently from the Indianapolis Colts. Great success with the Philadelphia Eagles as a coordinator here outside of Philadelphia. Uh, So it hit home to see Frank fired. But let's, let's pull back a little bit. Look at this. What we have had in the NFL over the last several years is something never seen before. We've had one and dones. We've had coaches that are head coaches of NFL teams that get fired after a year. Lovey Smith in Houston, David, uh, what was his name? 
the other the other coach in Houston who came from David Coley from the Philadelphia Eagles. I remember working with him when I consulted there. Um, Rob Chudzinski, Cleveland Browns, Steve Wilkes, Arizona Cardinals. Those are all one and dones in recent years. How about that? But we've never seen pre one and dones until the train wreck in Jacksonville a couple of years ago, 2021. That was named Urban Meyer, who alienated every aspect of that team, that fan base, and even nationally. He was out after 13, won three games. Well, Frank Reich didn't even make it that long. The Carolina Panthers terminated him, not, not him, terminated his contract after 11 games, 11 games of a hapless year for the Carolina Panthers. Okay, a lot to unpack here. Why is this happening? A lot of people are saying he's like a Jerry Jones, David Tepper, or a Daniel Snyder, David Tepper, who bought the franchise in 2018 for a record $2.275 billion. And of course, he's a hedge fund, he's a billionaire, all the things you attribute to billionaires that don't know about football. I don't liken him to Snyder or Jones. I think that's not a fair comparison, frankly, to them. Because whatever you think of Jones and certainly whatever you think of Snyder, it's some gravitas because they've been around a long time and because they had teams that went to the playoffs, etc. Now, I liken him, I think there's a very apt comparison in NFL ownership. Jimmy Haslam, owner of the Cleveland Browns. And to make the connection even more, the rumors are, the reports were that the Carolina Panthers were heavy into recruiting and signing Deshaun Watson. Of course, Watson decided against that and went to Cleveland when Cleveland gave him the contract of a lifetime. But anyway, that's one comparison. The real comparison I see between Haslam and Tepper is this. They go through coaches, front office, whatever they need to, to hopefully get it right and damn the consequences, damn the human part of it. They just do it and they'll pay them off. Okay, Jimmy Haslam. I know several coaches and executives that were <laughs> let go by him as he continued to look for the right one. Let's go through the coaches, some of the head coaches. I mentioned Chudzinski who lasted one whole year, and that was it. Mike Holmgren, gone. Hugh Jackson, gone. Pat Shermer, gone. And I mentioned, of course, Rob Chudzinski. Then we get to front office executives. Joe Banner, who, who orchestrated the Eagles for so many years. Good friend, gone. Michael Lombardi, who I know well, who I did a, a website with. Gone. Ray Farmer, gone. Alex Shiner, a front office guy, really bright guy, now works in in, um, in corporate finance. Gone. I think Paul DePodesta is still there. He's kind of quiet. But this is what goes on, right? Now you have Tepper, who has hired an interim coach, Chris Tabor, the special teams coach, who is the sixth coach since 2018, including interims. And a little secret, Chris Tabor, you're not going to be there long. <laughs> there will be a new head coach 
probably a big name, probably big money deal, in 2024. He will become the seventh coach of the Carolina Panthers. Okay, the easy word for this is impatience. That's kind of a natural, okay, he's really impatient. Yeah, he's impatient. But all these guys are impatient. They're getting older. We always talk about guys getting into their 70s and 80s. Yeah, of course they're impatient. Everyone's impatient. But when you have a bad team and young quarterback, you can't be impatient. I mean, it's the definition of patience when you inherit a bad team with a bad quarter with a quarterback opening or absence. Yeah, you're gonna have to be patient. I think the word is more tough business. He's not into touchy feely. This guy, he has walked away from projects like the Charlotte, uh, the the facility they were building in Rock Hill, South Carolina. I'm sure he's a cutthroat businessman on Wall Street or hedge fund, whatever he deals with, and he's doing it here. Frank Reich is off, and he has become a source of great annuities to head coaches, including two especially. Matt Rule, hired a few years ago, lasted two and a half seasons out of a seven-year deal, right? Lasted two and a half seasons, seven-year deal worth $70 million or 60 something million. Owes him $40 million when he fires him. $40 million. Frank Reich, four-year deal, $36 million, owes him $30 million. Let me repeat. He fired Matt Rule, owes him $40 million. He fired Frank Reich, owes him $30 million. People are saying, oh, this is not a good job. What do you mean it's not a good job? You're going to get fired and have a retirement package waiting for you while you do whatever you want in life. Travel the world. Have fun. Anyway. The other people saying this is not a good job. Come on. How are they going to get good coaches to take this job? I don't think people realize there are only 32 of these jobs in the world. There's coaches that dream of being NFL head coaches from the moment they start coaching at age 21. Come on. Now, will they get a Bill Belichick to come there? Will they get someone with huge gravitas? I don't know about that. But money talks. They might. And they're going to have no problem getting an up-and-coming coach to come there. No problem at all. It's not going to be a problem. Okay. So Matt Rule, $40 million. They get bailed out by Nebraska, who comes in and pays Matt Rule because he had offset in his contract. As we know from last week's pod, Jimbo Fisher, no offset in his contract. So he can double, triple, quadruple, dip, whatever job he gets after that. Matt Rule, not so fortunate. He's not getting paid. Unless he's making less from Nebraska, which he may well be, than what he was supposed to get from Carolina. Carolina will only pay that difference. And Frank Reich, of course, saying all the right things. He doesn't want to jeopardize $30 million. Now, of course, duty to mitigate and offset. We'll see if Frank Reich lands somewhere. But again, to explain these contracts, duty to mitigate is you can't just sit on your butt. You have to go look for suitable employment similar to what you've been doing. Offset relieves the financial obligation of the firing team if you get a job in coaching, obviously, perhaps media, something, quote, football related. It goes against the tab. That is all the team that has released the coach. So, example, if Frank Wright gets a job next year as a coordinator, say he makes one point, let's say he makes $2.2 million, and let's say he's getting nine from the Panthers the next three years. 
If that's the case, well, he's getting seven from the Panthers, and he'll keep the two from his new job, making two million as a coordinator. That's how offset works. Okay. All of these coaching contracts have offset. I said it last week when I talked about Jimbo. I've done dozens of head coaching contracts from the Packers side. I've done a few from the agent side, helping out agents with these deals. I've only seen offset in NFL coaching contracts. As much as you fight it as an agent, it's not going to work. There's offset. Now you get into these little skirmishes. Did he really look for a job? Was he sitting on his butt? Was he vacationing? Uh, And then you have coaches turn down what they don't think are good jobs. And you say, well, he should be paying, should be making that money. That can get tricky, sticky, and uncomfortable, but they have offset. Okay, last thing on the Carolina Panthers and Tepper is Bryce Young. You know, there's a lot of going back and forth or whether they all wanted to take Bryce Young, whether it was Tepper telling Frank Reich to take him. Who, You know, the damage is done. It looks like Young is not the player that Stroud is going to be, but I can't. I can't dump on quarterbacks here one. You just can't. Now, we're going to talk about Zach Wilson. I mean, we're in year three. Yeah, that's enough time. That's enough time to dump on a quarterback, but not year one. So Bryce Young is not looking the part yet, obviously. Stroud is. But I can't, you can't go there. I mean, you can go there on Stroud, I guess. Yeah, great. Looks great. Looks poised. Good arm. Good lead leadership seems like the right guy young does not but no it's too early i won't i won't go there not year one with rookies not year one year three i'm looking at you mac jones i'm looking at you zach wilson yeah yeah that's enough that's enough time not year one so I'm not going to bust on the Panthers about Bryce Young. I'm not going to bust on Bryce Young. What I will say is they gave up a haul. And good on the Chicago Bears, where they had the number one pick, they had a quarterback in Justin Fields, and they leveraged that. A desperate quarterback, desperate team to give them their number one receiver, DJ Moore, that came from Carolina. Carolina doesn't have a number one receiver now. And a 2024 first, which may be the first pick in the draft. Good on the Bears for doing that. Now let's get to the Bears' decision. Justin Fields watched him last night, Monday Night Football. Obviously a talent. Questions about his passing, certainly not his running, certainly not his athleticism. I don't know what to do there, but I do think to say, well, we're just going to move on from Fields and draft one of these guys at the top of the draft with the Panthers, the pick they got from the Panthers. I don't know. I don't think I would. I don't think I would. Number one, whether it's Caleb Williams, Drake May, Bo Nix, whoever it is, it's a crapshoot. It's a crapshoot. I'm looking at you one more time, Zach Wilson, Mac Jones, Trey Lance, throw him in there. It's a crapshoot, right? Unless you're feeling like, this is Andrew Luck. You know, this is can't miss. I don't know if it's, I can't, I don't know if they can say these guys are can't miss. So if it's a crapshoot and Fields is not Zach Wilson, Mac Jones, Trey Lance, and he's shown some things, leverage the pick again, like he did last year. Have a quarterback desperate team that does believe those guys are can't miss. Caleb Williams, Drake May, give you assets draft picks, young, ascending, 
talent like DJ Moore. Do that again. Do that again. I'm saying this now. Now, when I start talking draft and my draft friends tell me, no, no questions asked, Caleb Williams, Drake, whoever is a can't miss. Okay. Maybe it's a different equation for the Bears. But if I'm the Bears, I think Justin Fields has shown enough that he's not going to be Zach Wilson, Mac Jones, Trey Lance. And if he's not going to be that, and it's a crapshoot with the top picks, yeah, get it. Get a quarterback desperate team to just give you this stuff. <laughs> you know, give you a top lineman, give you a top defensive player, and a pick, and next year's pick, all that stuff. You can get it. You just proved you can get it from Carolina. And now you're going to leverage Carolina again, basically. So anyway, more to come on Justin Fields and the Bears in the coming months when they have to make that decision. But as Carolina keeps losing and firing coaches and having a McCurl owner who's more concerned about, you know, whatever than patience, I'm looking at the Bears and I'm saying, Take advantage of that. Take advantage of that. All right. That's my thoughts on David Tepper. He's uh, the third most recent owner in the league, of course, 2018. Then we saw 2022 with the Denver Broncos going to the Walton family for double the 2.2 that he paid, 4.6. Then we saw, of course, the commander sale over $6 billion this year to Josh Harris. So, uh, Depper's also the third richest owner, the richest owner, not part of the Walton family as Cronky and, uh, the Waltons are Rob Walton, uh, the Broncos and the, and the Rams. So Tepper, we'll see on him. Not looking good. You'd not handle this well. Give him a year. I mean, even Urban Meyer got 13 games for Christ's sake. Okay. Let's go to the Jets. <laughs> okay. Black Friday. Obviously got Bafo ratings. Everyone got Bafo ratings. I don't even pay attention anymore. Everyone in the NFL is getting ratings off the charts. But that was not a competitive football team. The offense didn't play well, and it was never in doubt. There was no chance the Jets are going to win that game, and I don't think there's a chance they can win a game. They're putting out Tim Boyle, who has been replacing Zach Wilson, who's a healthy scratch now. I mean, this is a team that, I don't understand it. Okay. This team was built around getting Aaron. They got Aaron. That's great. Okay. Uh, I said for months as it was going on, the Packers had the leverage as long as they use it well. The Jets had advertised to the world their interest in Aaron Rodgers. They had created this frothing fan base waiting for Aaron Rodgers. They had created a uh, desperation for Aaron Rodgers. They had met and kissed the ring of Aaron Rodgers. And, you know, the Packers could just wait it right, wait the clock out. And at the end of the day, they did what they didn't wait as long as I even thought they would. They waited till before the draft. So they did a pick swap. They did two second round picks. Could have been a first if Aaron stayed healthy, but two second rounders. This second rounder this year will be high because the Jets stank. It'll be in the third, late thirties. And then of course they unloaded the Packers did a hundred million dollars, which turned out to be seven, 5 million for the jets for a player that was never going to play there again. 
for a player they had replaced with someone in the bullpen for three years, for a player that is showing great ascension and an ability to be a really good quarterback. I wouldn't talk about him in the same breath as Aaron Rodgers or Brett Favre, but Jordan Love looks good right now. And we knew, I knew he'd look good better in week 12 than he was in week four. Yeah, of course. It's happening. The Jets. Here's the thing. It's one thing to go get Aaron Rodgers and he gets injured. Injuries happen. It's part of the game. It's what Ron Wolf, Ted Thompson, my bosses in Green Bay, called the bane of our existence, injuries. But listen, it's not that shocking for a 39-year-old with a history of calf injuries to have this injury because calf and Achilles are connected, as I know so well from all my days of PT on my calf that kept talking about my Achilles and my sore Achilles where they kept talking about my calf. So they are obviously inextricably linked. Okay. Um, The other thing is, what about Aaron's buddies? Okay. This is where they went too far. Aaron's imports. Aaron has imported Randall Cobb, as he did in Green Bay. The one thing that Green Bay management did for Aaron Rodgers, they imported Randall Cobb. He also imported Alan Lazard, and that wasn't cheap. The Jets paid forty-four million over ten years, uh, forty-four million over four years, for Alan Lazard. And update: announcer says Alan Lazard was a healthy, inactive player last week. Okay, they got Tim Boyle, another one of Aaron's imports, to be third string, now second string quarterback, now starter. hasn't worked. Okay. It's one thing to sign Aaron. It's one thing we're going to get hurt. Injuries happen. Although 39 year old with calf issues, probably more, more a probability of getting hurt than an average 39 year old quarterback or an average younger quarterback, not a, not a 39 year old. Anyway, then the imports. Now people are busting on there for not addressing the backup quarterback. Listen, I don't know who they're going to sign. Joe Flacco, I mean, Carson Wentz, you know what the the availability out there is. The problem is, this goes way before Aaron got hurt. They decided that Zach Wilson would be the guy. And it only is because they took him second over on the draft. They're compounding that mistake. This is not something they decided after Aaron got hurt, because who's out there? You know, should they have traded? They already gave up, you know, two second-round picks for Aaron. What are they going to do? They use a second-round pick on Zach Wilson, a second overall pick on Zach Wilson. (laughs) They use the third overall pick before that on Sam Darnold. I mean, I don't know where they're going to go. So now you have a team that has a decent defense, a couple young stars on offense, But where are they going? They're going to depend on Aaron Rodgers again next year, coming off an Achilles. Whether he plays this year, who cares? I mean, if he wants to play, great. They're not making the playoffs. But this is what happens when fans get excited about winning the offseason with such an exciting player like Aaron Rodgers. And believe me, as you know, there's been no more unabashed fan in media than me about Aaron Rodgers, and I've taken a lot of slings and arrows because of it. 
But it's one thing to sign Aaron. Okay, great. Take a swing. They took a swing with Brett Favre. 15 years ago, they took a swing here. But compound it with his imports who are not working out. That money for Alan Lazard and Randall Cobb could have been used elsewhere. That spot for Tim Boyle could be someone else. I don't know who, but Tim Boyle is probably a great guy. But they had no chance of winning that game Sunday, and they have no chance of winning their next game, whoever it is. No chance. Not with Tim Boyle. It's just not going to happen. So this is a compounding of mistakes. They don't get rid of Zach Wilson because he was a second overall pick. It looks horrible to give up on the second overall pick in the draft within two years. I talked about Bryce Young. We can't dump on anything in the first year. Fine. Maybe not in the second year, but by year three, yeah. Yeah. You screwed up. It's a bust. One of the biggest ever. Now, it won't be called the biggest ever because the contracts are not like back in the day with Jamarcus Russell, Sam Bradford, Ryan Leaf. But contracts are not cheap. I'm sure the money for for uh, Zach Wilson, probably 32, $33 million over four. Yeah, pretty good. And he'll be fine, Rich. I mean, maybe he'll land somewhere else. But he's not a professional quarterback. And that's on the Jets. You know, I don't know if teams after the Jets were going to take him. But that's a colossal mistake that's going to set him back. They spent all offseason trying to get Aaron Rodgers to replace the player that was the second overall pick by them two years ago, three years ago, two years ago, two and a half years ago. Okay, think about that. (laughs) Now they go back to that player. That didn't work. They replace him with one of Aaron's imports, and we'll see where they end up going next. I just feel for Jets players because this is not how you want to look. You know, they're woeful to watch. Um, They seem incapable of scoring points. And it sort of goes back to, team building and even the pick swap for Aaron Rodgers, they used it on a a defensive pass rusher. They hardly use hardly makes the lineup. Uh, I know I'm busting on the jets. I just think that, you know, you see my bias with the Packers because Packers are draft and develop and everyone's saying way before the season, you know, Jordan loves going to be a bust. Well, Jordan loves not a bust and Zach Wilson is at the second overall pick. You know, just let these things play out. Sometimes draft and develop is the way to go. It's obviously when it doesn't work out. Zach Wilson, I'm contradicting myself. But, you know, to put all the chips on the table for Aaron Rodgers, I love Aaron. But that's not how you build a team. And his imports, you know, he should not have personal influence over the team. And he can deny it, sure. But he shouldn't have personnel influence over the team. You know, that's what general managers do. And that maybe that was the problem with him and the Packers. Packers did import Randall back, brought him back for him. But the Packers will play young receivers. You know, if that was the Packers, they're, you know, they're, the Packers have the best U23 football team in the world right now. And listen, I'm not going to absolve the Packers with this Aaron Rodgers trade because the Packers went all in in 2022. And one of the most curious days, week, of recent memory in, in the NFL 
the Denver Broncos, who had hired Nathaniel Hackett, who were rumored to sign Aaron Rodgers, who was unhappy in Green Bay, looked like it was all going to happen. And then, lo and behold, they pivot to Russell Wilson, give up extraordinary assets for Wilson. And then the Packers go all in on Aaron Rodgers with this huge contract that obviously people are saying wrongly that binds Aaron to the Packers for three, four, two, three, four years. It was one year, 42 million. But because of the way it was structured, it brought a tremendous amount of dead cap to the Packers. So the Packers 2023 season is mired by the fact they're playing with a partial deck because of the going all in for Aaron in 2022, when it seemed like he didn't want to be there and didn't want to be there six months later. And the Packers didn't seem to want him to be there six months later. Okay. It's all a mess. And where we are now, the Packers seem to be an ascending team. The Jets appear to be a descending team. And again, the Jets missed on this quarterback and has been compounding since. And then all the imports from Aaron have not produced. Okay. Um, Speaking of coaches and football, the college buyout season continues. College football regular season is over, and that meant Black Friday, Saturday, Sunday, Monday, with these coaches being fired, and it's quite a list. But these buyouts in college football, it really makes you think that there's something about college football coaching that's better in the NFL I know they have to recruit. It's year-round, but I keep saying at the highest levels of college football, it's pro football without the labor costs. Just like NFL owners, college football boosters who are think of themselves as owners, they're not willing to wait out potential success. They're going to take the financial hit and spend more on a new coaching staff. You have Indiana's Tom Allen goes three and nine in Indiana, gone buyout fifteen point five million. Dana Holgerson, Houston, four and eight, not good enough. Buyout, $14.8 million. Mississippi State, Zach Arnett, not good enough. Buyout, $4.5 million. And Syracuse's Dino Babers, not good enough. Buy him out, $4 million. It's, not, it's unclear if these amounts, which are term buyouts, are simply the remainder due on guaranteed contracts because coaches' contracts like in the NFL are guaranteed, unlike players. It's also unclear if these contracts do or don't have offset. I'm assuming they don't. I'm sorry. I'm assuming they do. And Jimbo Fisher was an outlier, although I've heard that Billy Napier at Florida does not have offset. And I'm aware now that Bill Self, the basketball coach at Kansas, does not have offset in his deal. Fisher, of course, did not have offset. That was a Business of Football Hall of Fame deal. His replacement appears to be Duke, uh, former Duke coach, Mike Elko, who does have offset in the deal and will have buyout of, I believe it's 75% if he's fired in the first three years, meaning 75% of the remainder of the contract, 80% if he's fired in the last three years, a six-year deal, making $7 million a year. So this is where he is. I mean, Texas A&M is paying off $77 million to Fisher, paying off his whole staff, bringing in a new coach, $7 million a year with all these incentives and bringing in his staff again, where's the money coming from? Where, well, they don't have the labor costs. They have NIL, but they don't have labor costs. So it's pro football without the labor costs. All right. Hope you enjoyed this. My rants about the Panthers and the jets. Uh, got a little feisty there. <laughs>
try to give you something unique, share it with a friend, tell people about it, the business of sports, give us a rating on Apple Podcasts, if you would. And of course, all my channels you can get to, sportsbusinessleague.com. The newsletter is popping every Sunday morning free. Andrew-Brandt.com is where you sign up. Instagram Reels, Andrew Brandt 2 on Instagram. Twitter, of course, Andrew Brandt. Columns at Sports Illustrated. And you'll find me wherever you need to find me. Hope you enjoy the podcast. Hope you share it with a friend. Hope you find it truly unique. And I hope you have a great week. I'll be back next week with another edition of The Business of Sports with Andrew Brandt.